Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Hello, everybody. It's a cloudy, gray day in South Texas. Perfectly good to listen to a strange story. Today, I want to talk about what is called the hollow earth theory. The hollow earth theory is a concept proposing that the planet Earth is either one, entirely hollow, or two, contains a substantial interior space. Notably suggested by none other than Edmund Halley, yes, he of Halley's Comet, in the late 17th century, the notion was disproven, first tentatively by Pierre Bouger, in 1740, then definitively by Charles Hutton in his Shehalian experiment around 1774. It was still occasionally defended through the mid-19th century, notably by John Cleves Sims Jr. and Jeremiah N. Reynolds, but by this time it was part of popular pseudoscience and was no longer a scientifically valid hypothesis. The concept of a hollow earth still recurs in folklore and as a premise for subterranean fiction, a subgenre of adventure fiction. In ancient times, the concept of a subterranean land inside the earth appeared in mythology, folklore, and legends. The idea of subterranean realms seemed arguable and became intertwined with the concept of places of origin or afterlife, such as the Greek underworld, the Christian hell, and the Jewish shoal. The idea of a subterranean realm is also mentioned in Tibetan Buddhist belief, and according to one story from Tibetan Buddhist tradition, There is an ancient city called Shambhala, which is located inside the earth. According to the ancient Greeks, there were caverns under the surface which were entrances leading to the underworld, some of which were the caverns at Taineron in Laconia, at Troezen in Argolis, and at Ephia in Thesprotia, at Heraclea, in Pontos and in Ermione. In Thracian and Dacian legends, it is said that there are caverns occupied by an ancient god called Zalmoxis. In Mesopotamian religion, there is a story of a man who, after traveling through the darkness of a tunnel in the mountain of Mashu, entered a subterranean garden. In Celtic 
mythology, there is a legend of a cave called Cruachan, also known as Ireland's Gate to Hell. Now, what a happy thought. A mythical and ancient cave from which, according to legend, strange creatures would emerge and be seen on the surface of the earth. There are also stories of medieval knights and saints who went on pilgrimages to a cave located in Station Island, County Donegal, in Ireland, where they made journeys inside the earth into a place of purgatory. In County Down, Northern Ireland, there is a myth which says tunnels lead to the land of the subterranean Tuatha de Danon, a group of people who are believed to have introduced Druidism to Ireland, then went back underground. In Hindu mythology, the underworld is referred to as Patala. In the Bengali version of the Hindu epic Ramayana, it has been depicted how Rama and Lakshmana were taken by the king of the underworld, Ahiravan, brother of the demon king Ravana. Later on, they were rescued by Hanuman. The Angami Naga tribes of India claim that their ancestors emerged in ancient times from a subterranean land inside the earth. The Taino people from Cuba believe their ancestors emerged in ancient times from two caves in a mountain underground. Natives of the Trobriand Islands believe that their ancestors had come from a subterranean land through a cavern hole called Obukula. Mexican folklore also tells of a cave in a mountain five miles south of Oanaga and that Mexico is possessed by devilish creatures who come from inside the earth. In the Middle Ages, an ancient German myth held that some mountains located between Eisenach and Gotha held a portal to the inner earth. A Russian legend says the Samoyeds, an ancient Siberian tribe, traveled to a cavern city to live inside the earth. The Italian writer Dante describes a hollow earth in his well-known 14th century work Inferno, in which the fall of Lucifer from heaven caused an enormous funnel to appear in a previously solid and spherical earth as well as an enormous mountain opposite called Purgatory. In Native American mythology, it is said that the ancestors of the Mandan people in ancient times emerged from a subterranean land through a cave at the north side of the Missouri River. There is also a tale about a tunnel in the San Carlos Apache Indian Reservation in Arizona near Cedar Creek, which is said to lead inside the earth to a land inhabited by a mysterious tribe. It is also the belief of the tribes of the Iroquois that their ancient ancestors emerged from a subterranean world inside the earth. The elders of the Hopi people believe that a Sipapu entrance in the Grand Canyon exists, which leads to the underworld. Brazilian Indians who live alongside the Parima River in Brazil claim that their forefathers emerged in ancient times from an underground land and that many of their ancestors still remained 
inside the earth. Ancestors of the Inca supposedly came from caves which were located east of Cusco, Peru. The following lines from Act 3, Scene 2 of Shakespeare's play A Midsummer Night's Dream, written in London in 1595 and 96, suggest that the idea may have been known in Western Europe 100 years before it took on a more scientific form. Hermia says, I'll believe as soon this whole earth may be bored out and that the moon may through the center creep and so displease her brothers noontide with antipodes. Now on the best days, I cannot translate Shakespeare into any kind of understandable English. So what that means, I don't know, honestly. And I'll be fairly open with you about that. The notion was further popularized by Athanasius Kircher's nonfiction Mundus Subterraneus in 1665, which speculated that there is an intricate system of cavities and a channel of water connecting the poles. Edmund Halley conjectured that the earth might consist of a hollow shell about 500 miles thick, two inner concentric shells, and an innermost core. Atmospheres separate these shells, and each shell has its own magnetic poles. The spheres rotate at different speeds. Halley proposed this scheme in order to explain anomalous compass readings. He envisaged the atmosphere inside as luminous and possibly inhabited and speculated that escaping gas caused the aurora borealis. Leclerc Milfort in 1781 led a journey with hundreds of Muscogee people to a series of caverns near the Red River above the junction of the Mississippi. According to Milford, the original Muscogee people's ancestors are believed to have emerged out of the surface of the earth in ancient times from the caverns. Milford also claimed the caverns they saw could easily contain 15,000 to 20,000 families. It is often claimed that mathematician Leonhard Euler proposed a single-shell hollow earth with a small sun at the center, providing light and warmth for an inner earth civilization. But that is not true. Instead, he did a thought experiment of an object dropped into a hole drilled through the center, unrelated to a hollow earth. In 1818, John Cleves Sims, Jr. suggested that the earth consisted of a hollow shell about 810 miles thick with openings about 1,400 miles across at both poles with four inner shells each open at the poles. Sims became the most famous of the early hollow earth proponents and Hamilton, Ohio even thought so much of Sims and his concept that it has a monument to him and his ideas. He proposed making an expedition to the North Pole hole, thanks to efforts of one of his followers, James McBride. Jeremiah Riddles also delivered lectures on the hollow earth and argued for an expedition. Reynolds 
went on an expedition to Antarctica himself, but missed joining the great U.S. exploring expedition of 1838 to 1842, even though that venture was a result of his agitation. Though Sims himself never wrote a book on the subject, several authors published works discussing his ideas. McBride wrote Sims' Theory of Concentric Spheres in 1826. It appears that Reynolds has an article that appeared as a separate booklet in 1827. Remarks of Sims' Theory, which appeared in the American Quarterly Review. In 1868, a professor, W.F. Lyons, published The Hollow Globe, which put forth a Sims-like hollow earth hypothesis, but failed to mention Sims himself. Sims' son, Americus, then published The Sims Theory of Concentric Spheres in 1878 to set the record straight. Sir John Leslie proposed a hollow earth in his 1829 Elements of Natural Philosophy. In 1864, in Journey to the Center of the Earth, Jules Verne describes an expedition into the Earth's interior via the fictional Icelandic volcano Scarteris. The protagonists do not actually reach the center, but nevertheless discover a subterranean ocean inhabited by creatures believed extinct. They escape through another volcano on the Italian island of Stromboli. William Fairfield Warren, in his book Paradise Found, the Cradle of the Human Race at the North Pole in 1885, presented his belief that humanity originated on a continent in the Arctic called Hyperborea. This influenced some early hollow earth proponents. According to Marshall Gardner, both the Eskimo and the Mongolian peoples had come from the interior of the earth through an entrance at the North Pole. N-E-Q-U-A, or The Problem of the Ages, first serialized in a newspaper printed in Topeka, Kansas in 1900 and considered an early feminist utopian novel, mentions John Cleve Sims' theory to explain its setting in a hollow earth. An early 20th century proponent of hollow earth, William Reed, wrote Phantom of the Poles in 1906. He supported the idea of a hollow earth, but without interior shells or inner sun. The spiritualist writer Walburga, Lady Paget, in her book, Colloquies with an Unseen Friend, 1907, was an early writer to mention the hollow earth hypothesis. She claimed that cities exist beneath the desert, which is where the people of Atlantis moved. She said an entrance to the subterranean kingdom will be discovered in the 21st century. Well, here we are. We're already a, almost a quarter of the way through the century, so if we're going to find it, let's get busy. Marshall Gardner wrote A Journey to the Earth's Interior in 1913 and published an expanded edition in 1920. He placed an interior sun in the earth and built a working model of the hollow earth, which he patented, U.S. Patent 1,096,102. Uh, 1, 
Gardner made no mention of Reed, but did criticize Sims for his ideas. Around the same time, Vladimir Obrachev wrote a novel titled Plutonia, in which the hollow earth possessed an inner sun and was inhabited by prehistoric species. The interior was connected with the surface by an opening in the Arctic. The explorer Ferdinand Ossendowski wrote a book in 1922 titled Beasts, Men, and Gods. Ossendowski said he was told about a subterranean kingdom that exists inside the earth. It was known to Buddhists as Agarti. George Papashivli, in his Anything Can Happen in 1940, claimed the discovery in the Caucasus Mountains of a cavern containing human skeletons with heads as big as bushel baskets. Sounds like the remains found with the Dopa Stones. I did a story on them earlier. And an ancient tunnel leading to the center of the earth. One man reportedly entered the tunnel and never returned. Novelist Lobsang Rampa, in his book The Cave of the Ancients, said an underground chamber system exists beneath the Himalayas of Tibet, filled with ancient machinery, records, and treasure. Michael Grumley, a cryptozoologist, has linked Bigfoot and other hominid creatures to ancient tunnel systems underground. And aside, according to information revealed in an investigation during a popular ghost hunting show, which took place on Santa Catalina Island, portals called Green Doors allowed the long-ago residents of the Channel Islands to teleport to other places on or in the Earth. This could mesh with the theory that Bigfoot and other cryptids may have interdimensional qualities. According to the ancient astronaut writer Peter Colosimo, a robot was seen entering a tunnel below a monastery in Mongolia. Colosimo also claimed light was seen from underground in Azerbaijan. Colosimo and other ancient astronaut writers, such as Robert Charot, linked these activities to UFOs. A book by a Dr. Raymond Bernard, which appeared in 1964, called The Hollow Earth, exemplifies the idea of UFOs coming from inside the Earth, and adds the idea that the Ring Nebula provides the existence of hollow worlds, as well as speculation on the fate of Atlantis and the origin of flying saucers. An article by Martin Gardner revealed that Walter Siegmeister used the pseudonym Bernard, but not until the 1989 publishing of Walter Captain Minkel's Subterranean Worlds, 100,000 Years of Dragons, Dwarfs, the Dead, Lost Races, and UFOs from Inside the Earth did the full story of Bernard Siegmeister become well known. The science fiction pulp magazine Amazing Stories promoted one such idea from 1945 to 1949 as the Shaver Mystery. The magazine's editor, Ray Palmer, ran a series of stories by Richard Sharp Shaver claiming that a superior prehistoric race had built a honeycomb of caves in the earth and that their degenerate descendants, known as Dero, live there still, using the fantastic machines abandoned by the ancient races 
to torment those of us living on the surface. Well, there may be something to that. Shaver described voices that purportedly come from no explainable source. Thousands of readers wrote to affirm that they too had heard the fiendish voices from inside the earth. The writer David Hatcher Childress authored Lost Continents and the Hollow Earth in 1998, in which he reprinted the stories of Palmer and defended the Hollow Earth idea based on an alleged tunnel systems beneath South America and Central Asia. Hollow Earth proponents have claimed a number of different locations for the entrances which lead inside the Earth, other than the North and South Poles, Entrances in locations which have been cited include Paris, France, Staffordshire, England, Montreal, Canada, Hangzhou in China, and the Amazon rainforest. Instead of saying that humans live on the outside surface of a hollow planet, some have claimed humans live on the inside surface of a hollow spherical world so that our universe itself lies in that world's interior. This has been called the concave hollow earth hypothesis or skycentrism. Cyrus Teed, a doctor from upstate New York, proposed such a concave hollow earth in 1869, calling his scheme cellular cosmogony. Teed founded a group called the Khorashan Unity based on this notion in which he called Khorishanity. The main colony survives as a preserved Florida State Historic Site at Estero, Florida, but all of Teed's followers have now died. Teed's followers claimed to have experimentally verified the concavity of the Earth's curvature through surveys of the Florida coastline, making use of rectilinear equipment. Several 20th century German writers, including Peter Bender, Johannes Lang, Karl Newport, and Fritz Braut, published works advocating the hollow earth hypothesis. It has even been reported, though apparently without historical documentation, that Adolf Hitler, of course, was influenced by concave hollow earth ideas and sent an expedition in an unsuccessful attempt to spy on the British fleet by pointing infrared cameras up at the sky. The Egyptian mathematician Mustafa Abdelkader wrote several scholarly papers working out a detailed mapping of the concave earth model. In one chapter of his book On the Wild Side, 1992, Martin Gardner discusses a hollow earth model articulated by Abdelkader. According to Gardner, this hypothesis posits that light rays travel in circular paths and slow as they approach the center of the cavern, which corresponds to no point a finite distance away from Earth in the widely accepted scientific cosmology. A drill, Gardner says, would lengthen as it traveled away from the cavern and eventually pass through the point at infinity corresponding to the center of the earth in the widely accepted scientific cosmology. Supposedly no experiment can distinguish between the two cosmologies. 
Gardner notes that most mathematicians believe an inside-out universe with properly adjusted physical laws is empirically irrefutable. Gardner rejects the concave hollow earth hypothesis on the basis of Occam's razor, which says that if you have two competing ideas to explain the same phenomenon, you should prefer the simpler one. Makes sense to me. Purportedly verifiable hypotheses of a concave hollow earth need to be distinguished from a thought experiment which defines a coordinate transformation such that the interior of the earth becomes exterior and the exterior becomes interior. The transformation entails corresponding changes to the forms of physical laws. This is not a hypothesis but an illustration of the fact that any description of the physical world can be equivalently expressed in more than one way. In 1735, Pierre Bouger and Charles-Marie de la Condamine chartered an expedition from France to the Chimborazo volcano in Ecuador. Arriving and climbing the volcano in 1738, they conducted a vertical deflection experiment at two different altitudes to determine how local mass anomalies affected gravitational pull. In a paper written a little over 10 years later, Bouger commented that his results had at least falsified the hollow earth theory. In 1772, Neville Maskelyne proposed to repeat the same experiment to the Royal Society. The Committee of Attraction was formed and they sent Charles Mason to find the perfect candidate for the vertical deflection experiment. Mason found the Shehalian Mountain, where the experiment took place and not only supported the early Chimborazo experiment, there's a plethora of scientific mumbo-jumbo which I won't bog us down with here. It is said that drilling holes does not provide direct evidence against the hypothesis. The deepest hole drilled to date is the Kola Superdeep Borehole with a true vertical drill depth of more than 7.5 miles. However, the distance to the center of the Earth is nearly 4,000 miles. In fiction, the hollow earth theory has provided much inspiration for novelists and other writers. The idea of a hollow earth is a common element of fiction, appearing as early as Ludwig Holberg's 1741 novel Nikolai Klimi Iter Subterraneum, or Niels Klim's Underground Travels, in which Nikolai Klim falls through a cave while spelunking and spends several years living on a smaller globe, both within and the inside of the outer shell. Made sense? Other notable early examples included Giacomo Casanova's 1788 Icosamaron, or 1800-page story of a brother and sister who fall into the earth and discover the subterranean utopia of the Megamicras, a race of multicolored hermaphroditic dwarves. Vril published anonymously in 1819, Simsonia, a voyage of a discovery by a Captain Adam Seaborn, 1820. 
which reflected the ideas of John Cleve Sims. Edgar Allan Poe's 1838 novel, The Narrative of Author Gordon Pym of Nantucket, Jules Verne's 1864 novel, Journey to the Center of the Earth, which showed a subterranean world teeming with prehistoric life, George Sand's 1864 novel, Laura, Voyage, Dans le Cristal, where giant crystals could be found in the interior of the Earth, Edda Dorfa, an 1895 science fiction allegory with major subterranean themes, and The Smoky God, a 1908 novel that included the idea that the North Pole was the entrance to the hollow planet. The idea was used by Edgar Rice Burroughs in the seven novel Pellucidar series beginning with At the Earth's Core in 1914, where using a mechanical drill called the Iron Mole, his heroes David Ennis and Professor Abner Perry discover a prehistoric world called Pellucidar, 500 miles below the surface, that's lit by a constant noonday inner sun. They find prehistoric people, dinosaurs, prehistoric mammals, and the Mayhar who evolved from pterosaurs. The 1950 novel, Plutonia by Vladimir Obrachev, uses the concept of the hollow earth to take the reader through various geological epochs. Much has been used of the hollow earth theory in recent writings and games and music. Uh, in fact, in 1975, a Japanese artist named Tadanori Yuku used elements of the Yagartha legend along with other eastern subterranean myths to depict an advanced civilization in the cover art for jazz mu musician Miles Davis's album, Agartha. Tadanori said he was partly inspired by his reading of Bernard's 1969 book, The Hollow Earth. Well, what do you think of the Hollow Earth theory? Do you think it's just something somebody came up with and others believed without basis? Do you think there may be something to it? I realize that there are a lot of native cultures who say they came from the earth. Um, to me, it may just be a corruption of the Christian belief that God made man from mud, from, from the earth, from the ground. Said when God created Adam and Eve, he formed them from the dirt of the ground. I don't know. Uh, I find it interesting that a lot of the a lot of the tribes and a lot of the peoples say they came from underground. It's a mystery to me. Well, that's the end of this show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you'll be back with us next week. Thank you very much. Have a great week.